And I must keep running, running, and 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 running, running, Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, episode 244, a bit of bonus coverage here because I'm going to be going through three books that we didn't quite get to on this past Wednesday night's regular podcast. It will be Black Widow, Daredevil, and a Marvel Snapshots issue. I haven't done any of those and actually haven't read many of them, but I decided to do this Civil War thing for, you know, some reasons that I'll get into when we do go into that. But before we do that, let me tell you where you can find us. You can go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we follow you back. Follow back, 100% policy there. You can go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where we have news, previews, and reviews. Most of the reviews dropping at 9 a.m. on Wednesday. That's Eastern Standard Time because I am an Eastern Standard guy. And you could also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science to support us for all the things we do on this feed. But you also will get a ton, a ton of podcasts in return. We usually do about a podcast once a day of different things, old issues, new things, even some movies, comics, uh, cartoons, all that sort of thing. Marvel, DC, indie. Oh, that and manga, too. I should throw that in. But one of the big things that we do is have a Patreon-only spotlight poll that goes up each week to pick two books that'll be featured on a Patreon-only podcast. And this past week, or this week now, coming up, we actually are looking at, I'm looking at the poll right now, it looks like King and Black Namor number one, and maybe Strange Academy number six. The second book, is pretty much still up for grabs there, but it looks like King and Black Namor number one will be on the spotlight that comes out Wednesday night, just like the regular podcast. Now, this past week, we ended up doing King and Black number one and Fantastic Four Road Trip number one. I did King and Black with Brandone, and I did the Road Trip Fantastic Four issue with Clay. So if you want to listen to those, they are already up there on the feed. But yeah, coming up looks like King and Black Namor number one will continue the trend of King and Black books being on the Patreon. And you can blame the badasses, the Get Fresh Croopy Boop for doing that, Duh. right? That's what they say. So with that, though, I'm going to go off and we're going to talk th- these books, like I said. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that Black Widow and Daredevil are two of my favorite books. So it was weird not to have them on the podcast. Originally, I was planning on doing it and putting it at the end of the podcast. But because of the the length of the podcast already, some people complaining about the length. The only place that they'll complain about length, right? Uh, so I decided I would do this as a separate little deal. And then in the meantime, I read that Marvel Snapshots uh, Civil War, so I'm going to do that as well But we'll start with Black Widow And this is Black Widow Number 4, it is written By Kelly Thompson uh. 
art in the present day by Elena Casagrande. And art is great in this book. I do love Elena Casagrande. Jordi Belair on the present day colors. Carlos Gomez on the flashback art does a great job as well. Frederico Blee on the flashback colors. And VCs Corey Petit on letters. I also want to give a shout out to Jordi Belair and Frederico Blee for some really, really good color work in this as well. Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. The Black Widow, has no idea who she is. But do any of us know that in this crazy rocket ship we call Earth and this crazy game we call life? Duh. I don't I don't think so. I really don't. I, according to her memories, she's an architect named Natalie living in San Francisco with a fiance and a beautiful baby boy. Don't you think that Arcade and the bad guys could have just decided on a different name like Sally? Like you go with Natalie. It's a little too close to home. Realizing something is wrong, but unwilling to break up Nat's happy life until they know more. Hawkeye, the Winter Soldier, and Yelena Belova have teamed up to watch over her, mainly from the shrubs across the street, until something bad happens. They they don't seem to be involved as much as I thought when you end up having Nat get attacked. That that changes in this issue, at least. Nat's greatest enemies, you know, like Weeping Lion. <laughs> Weeping Lion? Any, anybody? Weeping Lion. Have joined forces to put her out of commission by giving her everything she ever wanted. But now one of them has broken ranks. Weeping Lion won't rest. We, Weeping Lion? Weeping Lion won't rest until the widow is destroyed. He sent an army of thugs to kill Natasha and her newfound family. But instead, he activated Nat's incredible muscle memory, just like Jason Bourne. Or every other, you know, spy story where the people have been mind wiped. She decimated the invaders, but not before one of them activated a lethal implant in her neck. Now everyone is waiting to see if Black Widow has finally woven her last web. I decimated invaders once. It was the space invaders, right? Space okay, invaders. Oh my, why am I upsetting myself with these sounds? You end up starting out and you're wondering if Nat's going to die. Uh, she's not, right? She's not going to die. The big thing, though, is, oh, my, if she doesn't die here after the implant fritzed out, uh, yeah, she's going to remember stuff. And we're in big, big trouble. And Nat wakes up. She remembers things. And they're in big, big trouble. And you go back to Arcade's control room and Viper, Madam Hydra's like, I'm out. You know, weeping line, you done messed up. You know, good luck with all of you, but not really, because as long as she's after you and killing you, I'll be safe. I'm going off. I'm Madam Hydra. Peace out. And, and then you end up, though, Snapdragon says, whoa, 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 you're, you're Madam Hydra. You can't really hide well. Like Weeping Lion, who who is going to worry about Weeping Lion? Right? I mean, Weeping Lion. But you are out. You're going to have to stay. We're going to have to kill you know, Black Widow. We're going to have to kill her. That, that's it. Weeping Lion ended up being a jerk. He ended up doing something we didn't want to do, went against the plan, but now we're in it together and we got to be in it to win it. Let's go. We got to kill her. And they, they do agree. All right, we're going to have to do this. Well, you go back to Nat, her fiance, James, and their little baby, Stevie, cute as a button he is. And they're already trying to like figure this stuff out. Nat says, I will explain it to you later. But right now, we are going to be attacked. We, we're we're in big trouble. I want you and Stevie, the baby, I want you to sit there, you know, and let me do my thing. Don't worry. I can handle this now. I remember everything. And don't come out until I tell you to. Just sit. And the fight is on. And the art is great. It's very, very cinematic. There is a spread page that is 
broken up in the panels in such a cool, smart way so that you have a real long scope of things that you end up being able to have on the one page where Nat jumps off of the balcony, goes onto a pool table, kicks a couple guys, hits them, jumps off the pool table, ends up in the kitchen, all of this while she's just beating the crap out of these bad guys. Well, while that's going on, Yelena shows up right at the time where James and Stevie are about to get killed. She saves them and says, you know, if you want to live, come with me. The Terminator 2 deal where you're going to have that going on. She, oh, I'm supposed to wait for, you know, Nat. No, no, no. You know, it's okay. She didn't know she had backup that and come on. And then that's where Black Widow shows up and says, okay, what's going on? We have to do. And they're trying to make a plan here to get out where to go, where to, and ends up, you know, saying to Yelena, thank you for helping. Yelena says, you would have done the same for me. And she says, yes, yes, I would have. And then they run out. They go to one of Nat's safe houses in San Francisco, something that she hasn't used in a while. And I do like the idea. It's not just we have the safe house. This is something where it's not the greatest of options. Even Yelena comes in and says, I don't like the layout of this place. Like, this is something that really, you know, in my mind, Nat was not going to use in a real bad situation. She's still trying to figure out what they're going to do. But, yeah, it's a hard-to-defend area, all these things going on. But it does allow James and Stevie to relax. And then we find out. You know, through this, we kind of know a little of what happened, obviously, but this is her remembering all the things. Luckily, she woke up on the operating table, per se, or the mind wipe table and has a little more info for us than we have gotten already and says to James, you know, I remember falling out of a window. We saw that at the beginning and I remember who caught me and it was Madam Hydra there. I said she remembers her. Uh, But then, you know, I was knocked out. We see her getting, you know, tranked. And then I woke up on the table. You were next to me. So I'm sorry. You this life isn't real. We had memories in planet. You have somewhere a life that you were living before. But now we have memories in planet from before that. And even the time that they spend in this lab being worked on. That's what we call France. Like they went on a vacation. That's what they remember. Now, the big thing about it is, and I do like this, because normally, you know, or any other, oh, you know, this fake life, screw this, you know, I don't know. No, no, no. First off, you end up where they have had 14 months after this, where they were living, and because of the memory, they, they are in love. They also have a baby, and Stevie the baby, we weren't sure. Me and Brandon on the regular podcast had talked at points, is this a robot? Is that... In comics, there are a lot of options, but the one that you really figure on is clone, right? It's a clone, and it is, but the big thing is it's a clone of both of them. So, you know, Arcade and the bad guys, they ended up realizing not just getting a clone of Nat, not just a clone of Jane. It's a clone of them both. She says, he is our baby. Whether or not he was made the natural way that we seem to remember He's our baby, and he has both of our characteristics, and they have both fallen in love with this baby for these 14. That's that's the thing. They love the baby. They love each other. And so this does explain everything, because when you ended up having Bucky and Clint show up, they're like, she's only been gone a couple months. How does she have this baby that's that? Oh, well, it's a clone. They've raised the deal. But, yeah, they end up 
raising the baby. She's still not sure how many of the bad guys. And it's funny when she's like, I don't know who all is involved, but let's just assume everyone is. And you see villains that are on this page. You know, the Red Skull, Norman Osborn, Taskmaster, Bullseye. I, I don't know that I see Weeping Lion. On the, like, like, this is one of those, she's like, yeah, he, he doesn't fit on Dr. Doom. Like, we, yeah, Weeping Lion next to Dr. Doom. And, and I'm saying Weeping, Weeping Lion, people. And so the whole deal is, what are they going to do? And, you know, Nat says to James, do you love our baby? I mean, it is our baby. Do you love? Because the only way that you guys are going to have a life is to just get the hell away from me. Um, and it's the standard comic booky thing with the superheroes, with the babies and, and the husbands and wives. You know, you're at danger. These people know about you. You've got to. Now, I wish because you end up having Nat, even Bucky and Clint and Yelena. Like, there has to be something more of like, listen, I will be able to make you guys disappear. You can go. But it's more of the personal deal. Kelly Thompson's really pushing on the you forget about me. You're fine. Don't think it's that clear cut, but okay. And you see, though, that James, and I like this as well. It's not Nat saying, hey, you got to forget about me. Okay, done and done. Who are you? Like all of a sudden, no, he doesn't want to do it. He says, "I'm. it's worth the risk. But with the baby involved, you, you got to really watch yourself. And he's like, okay. And she keeps saying it. She's like, you're going to have to get away from me and forget me, but. At this point, let's work this stuff out. Let's see what we're doing. Stevie and James kind of laid down to go to sleep, but they're going to make a plan first. They're going to have a plan. And what I do like, too, and it's an art thing to tell the story, while this is then going on and they're going to make a plan a couple hours later, and they have the you know the layout, they know they're going to be attacked, how are we going to defend all this? Nat knows that when this is done, if they do survive, the, the baby, Stevie, and J- they're gone. So it's really good. She's holding the baby. Like, this is the last time she's going to get to hold him in her mind once they end up disappearing and things like that. But the issue ends with them figuring out, okay, we're going to do this stuff. We're going to defend it. And you get the uh, Clint and Bucky back and forth. And they're like, okay, now Clint's going to do the shot as long as you can make it. Really? As long as I can make it? You know, really? And the Why do you keep doing this? And I wanted more of that. Throughout all this, we ended up having Bucky and Clint hiding in the shadows, hiding in the bushes with their binoculars and things like that. I wanted more. I wish we would have went back to them a little bit more for this story. Um, but what ends up happening is they're like, okay, well, you know, James and Stevie, they're going to go to sleep here on this couch. Everything will be fine. Let me go. T- oh, no. You end up with somebody blowing up what appears to be the couch to a window. And, and Yelena said. And it's hard to defend this. I mean, they're in a safe house, which appears to have a big window right there. I don't know what that's going on with that. But it does look like James and Stevie are dead, that they got killed. Now, with that, it's extreme. It really is. And if they are, in fact, dead, yes, that ends up you know, pretty much wiping the slate. Now you have Natasha not having to worry about this husband or fiance that you and the Steve, like all that. Yeah, but that's extreme. I, I hope that's not the case. I hope that somehow this can work out. Now, it will get Black Widow really pissed and ready to snap necks and take names, but I would have liked to have this where, 
you know, down the line somewhere, you end up having old Stevie come back for something, right? He, I, I thought that that would be cool, and he's so cute. So that would be very extreme, but I don't know how they're surviving. I really don't, but we'll see in the next issue, issue number five. I like this book. I really do. And it's been one of those stories that does feel like it could have just been a miniseries, you know, Black Widow, uh, Hidden Memories, something like that. I'm not good at the titles. Black Widow, the the memories of the past, right? The memories of the past that any, any weeping lion. Uh, but it, and and it is going to go on a hiatus in March. Well, when that came out, when they ended up having the slight, like our February, I, oh, sorry, they end up having the, the deal where, oh, my God, you know, it's going to end. And then they, they said it isn't. But I, I kind of like this is just its own little contained story. And I've enjoyed it. I'm going to give this an 8.8. If you end up having James and Stevie survive somehow, we'll go back and make it a nine. I'm worried. I'm worried for that little baby. So cute. Uh, I don't need to think that he just got blowed up. I don't want How that. Dare you? But we're going to go up now to the book that I said was a surprise for me. I, I don't even, it's one of those things. Actually, I know why I read it. I end up getting the review copies. I'm looking through things. Marvel snapshots. I haven't read any of those. Marvel snapshots, Civil War. <laughs> Screw that. And, and so then after the fact, I just was going through some stuff looking, and I'm, oh, wait, Saladin Ahmed's writing it, and I do like Saladin Ahmed. So I figured I'd give it a shot. And then I started reading it, and I'm like, yeah, I think this could have been better served as another type of book, but we'll get into that right now. And this is Marvel Snapshot Civil War number one, and it's written by Saladin Ahmed with art by Ryan Kelly, colors by Rachel Rosenberg, and letters by VC's Joe Sabino. And yeah, this is a snapshot of Civil War from a man named Clyde Dabronsky. He is a lower level shield guy, not the best of shield has to offer. He's not a physical specimen. He's not the smartest, but he says he's on time all the time. And he's got some zeal, right? He wants to end up being a shield agent because as a kid, he ended up seeing these superheroes on TV And they thought they were so cool and great flying around and shooting lightning and stuff. So he wanted to end up being something himself, join S.H.I.E.L.D. And then when you have the whole Civil War go down, he is first in line to be part of the goon squads that go and collect heroes for the Superhuman Registration Act. Now, this story is all about Clyde, and it's all about a crisis of conscience when he realizes that maybe they're not doing the right thing. Maybe S.H.I.E.L.D. is not in the right, and he has to make the decision, which a lot of people do in a lot of situations, of following orders and kind of, you know, making sure that you kind of get by or going against those orders that have very big repercussions, but doing it because it's the right thing. And in the end, it's one of those where heroes are involved. And I really like the way Saladin Ahmed does this, where it's a story, civil war, all this about heroes, you know, and, and should they register, whatever. But you're seeing a guy really struggle if, if he, he should really be a hero. In the end, you can make that decision. Obviously, I think that he is a hero doing the right thing. But usually when you think about these things, it, it's so easy just to say, well, those people shouldn't have followed orders. They, they should have known they were doing something wrong. They should have went against it. You know, you can sit and say that about anything. 
uh, but it's not so easy when you're in that situation, especially where Salonina Med does show you why it will be tough for Clyde to do that because he has a son that he adores. He doesn't get to see as much. He is divorced, but even that he ends up because of speaking up at first ends up being transferred way away from his son. He goes to Toledo because while this whole civil war thing is going down, he ends up freezing a little the first time he sees cap when they're going to bring cap in Maria Hill head of she ends up saying, People have that, you know, Cap has that thing with people. So, yeah, we won't go, you know, you're not going to get fired because of that. So go back. But then he ends up kind of questioning things a little too much when Thor takes down Goliath. He ends up even saying, hey, that doesn't look like Thor. It's not, something's wrong with him. His eyes look and they end up, OK, listen, we got to get this guy out of here. He's just, So he gets sent to Toledo where. They, they're still doing their thing, but you get him and his partner. His partner's a little overzealous when they go and take down a superhero teen by the name of Helper. And Helper is a kid that has minor elemental powers. He ends up helping the neighborhood. Uh, you know, he ends up making it rain a little. I'm not talking like at the strip club, obviously, right? He's making it rain and the garden. Uh, it grows a little more or he fixes a pothole with it. So you even have where he goes into a chemical plant and ends up saving some guys uh, with the help of cap. And you end up with this helper in jail and Clyde's partner is a piece of crap, ends up beating up helper a little bit too much, you know, just cause he's a jerk. But when they're in this jail, Clyde's there watching him and then you end up having another teen brought in a girl who isn't even a superhero she's not doing any vigilante stuff she's just a girl who has flight abilities and was just flying around for fun she says i don't even have a secret name or something because i'm not a, a hero or a vigilante I, I was just having fun but this is where clyde starts to see that shield is taking it too far he's got to make a decision also he has that son if he does something if he ends up helping these kids his, he may never see his son. They may kill him. He may get put in jail and, and people being told, oh, yeah, he died on the job and now he's in jail forever. They throw away the key, things like that. But you get that deal where, you know, these kids are about the age of his son. So there's a little deal. But he realizes I have to do the right thing. And he does seem like a good guy. He tries to justify things at one point. And I think that a lot of people in that situation do. You know, there are. The ideas of, you know, the stages of grief. Well, I think there's stages of just about everything. And I, I'm sure there are stages of following orders and then not following orders. And one of the things would be justification. You know, listen, it's for your own good. Hey, the, and also with that, these kids are going to be taken away. They're only in holding cells. They're going to be taken away. And Clyde almost like, well, they're not going to be too bad. To, he doesn't know. And so he's in his mind, I think, you know, justifying it again, saying, well, they'll be good to these. These are just kids. Well, you have this piece of crap partner there to really show that they're not going to be treated well and already aren't. This girl just has flight. She didn't do anything. They brought her in. And you end up having Clyde's partner, Bartle, just tasering her and like a cattle prod into the deal. These are just kids. And he says that. So you end up where uh, Bartle says, hey. You're working the double shift, Clyde, you jerk, and goes and leaves Clyde there in this, you know, deal with them two in the cell, helper and this girl. 
And he dozes off a bit he, he seems to be very overworked at this point And he seems to be doing a lot of double shifts Just because they're making him He dozes off when he wakes up You have this kid helper He's trying to destroy the dampener He's trying to overcharge the dampener But he is going to kill himself If he keeps doing this And Clyde yells to him The kid's name is Yousef And the kid ends up And in, in, in a way that Saladin Ahmed does a really good job Ends up Yusef at one point telling Clyde his story. Now, both of their stories hinge on Captain America. You end up where Captain America was when Clyde realized, ooh, maybe this isn't the greatest thing because we're taking in Cap. And Cap, yeah, he's a superhero, but he's Cap. And, you know, he went from there, but that sort of was kind of the trigger to start questioning some things and starting to worry. While in the deal of Helper Yusef, he ended up saving these people from a uh, a chemical spill, a chemical leak in a plant. And when he was doing this, Cap showed up to help him and pretty much then set Helper in. I know I'm not, you know, big time. I don't have really great powers. But when I ended up talking with Cap and Cap helped me in the way he talked to me, I knew then that I couldn't just give up. Because you have this guy, Helper, he could have just said, yeah, I'll just go along with my life it's it's again that idea of following orders but on the twist side and that's what i like about this you see kind of both sides one ends up deciding to be a hero the other one ends up being a hero by the end as well because when you end up having clyde's partner the piece of crap bartles comes in and says yo what's going on what, what is this kid doing he's about to kill him he says if you don't take him down now i will starts to draw his gun and Clyde, he ends up smashing him over the head with a coffee mug and knocking him out. Now he's in trouble. I mean, you might as well go full out. But he couldn't stand to see a kid die just because he had powers. And so he ends up letting these two out. The girl who can fly grabs onto Yusef Helper and they fly off. They fly off. And that's where you end with Clyde realizing he's in trouble. Even Helper says, you're going to be in big S. You know, you're going to be in big crap here. And he's like, yeah, probably I'll try to figure things out. But he realizes I may never see my son again. And it's sad at the end. And then that's what I liked about this. This wasn't just like, all right, Clyde, you did the right thing. You end up where he calls. And I think Saladin Ahmed really puts the point at the end when he calls his son. It's late. And he says, I know. He's like, but can you wake him up? I need to talk to him. Thank you. And he just wants to tell his son he loves him uh, before and says at the end, I hope that by the end of all this, my son can find out what I did and think that I am a hero. Noah, and I don't know. And he even says by the end, I don't even know what I am at this point. It's really good. I actually really like this. I didn't expect to. I just read it for Salina Med. Again, though, if you put the whole idea of the outlawed story into this, you t- it really would have been a really nice tie-in to the outlaw deal that would have given a little more of a face to what's going on and show you that cradle may have some people that aren't exactly the worst and and also gives you like there's clyde there there's also probably some good guys that won't go that next step to you know go against orders but at least you'd know that it's not just yeah we're gonna kick the butts of all these teens and take them down it would have really broadened the scope with it but overall I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think that if you are interested in this sort of story that I talked about, you know, check it out. Uh, it is a well worth it, but I'm going to go to a book now that is always well worth it. One of my favorite books in all of comics. If you've been listening to the podcast, you will know that I'm going to go 
to Daredevil. And it's Daredevil number 25, written by Chip Sidarsky, art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Marceo Menez, and VCs Clayton Cowles on letters. It's the Red Fist Part 1. And what I've liked most about Chip Sidarsky's run here is that, in my mind, it, it does a lot for a newer reader, but also, you know, paying homage and, and you know giving props to the past as well in a way that i think that older readers can like this as well it's something that a lot of times i feel left behind and say the dawn of x the x-men stuff with jonathan hickman and crew sometimes i and i never really feel lost in this book because when you end up having some callbacks things like that it's also being set up in the present because when you get a callback it means something in the story going on in the here and now and that's what we get fully in this issue an issue that became very collectible with something that happens in here but matt is in jail daredevil is in jail he ended up taking that plea bargain so that he's going to get a two-year sentence it seems for manslaughter while that was happening he ended up doing it because at the last second, his knight in shining or red armor, that's kind of a joke. Uh, Electra ended up coming in and buying up all of Hell's Kitchen so the Stromwinds couldn't get it. In a funny twist, it is the money she stole with Matt from the Stromwinds, where Matt thought she was being selfish, but now she shows she isn't. In the meantime, Matt's in jail thinking he's not being selfish, and Electra keeps saying he is. So you have this whole twisting and turning thing that I really like. And you do set up this issue with some flashbacks showing, you know, younger Matt, younger Electra in love there with Fist. You also see, you know, Electra a little older fighting with Fist. They're fighting the hand. This all deals with that and usually does for Electra then to go and pretty much knock out all the guards in the prison to then go and talk to Matt. And I think that this is a very clever or smart setup to also show that if Matt really needs to get out of jail, it ain't going to take too much for Electra to go and do it. She ends up really easily taking care of things to go and visit Matt to talk to him in his cell. Now you have some cat calls and things going on. But even as Electra leaves, she, she shows that even if the prison doors all open, these guys yelling, at it, they'll be dead. But there is a little twist here because she goes to Matt to talk about things, talk about why he is being selfish. She said this before, but she's putting it as an ethical question. Is it ethical to go to jail because you killed one guy when if you're when you're in jail, a thousand might die because those are the amount you would save. But Matt isn't budging. Matt says that he is doing this to set an example for vigilantes that they have to be careful. They have to be careful and not do it. If they end up killing somebody by accident, causing damage, even, you know, you're going to have to pay for this. I'm sure all of the superhero community is loving that, right? But you end up with this where she's talking like, hey, what do your old roommates say to you? This fully puts out magic. How do you know I'm Matt? How, how do you know this? And she's like, yeah, I have my ways. And we do see that she always has. When she ended up being, you know, brought back to life after being killed, she knew. Even then, Matt was Daredevil and all this stuff going on, and she just knows. So you end up also showing that at one point her and Stick going around found a book that pretty much spells out how they can defeat the hand. And the hand is upping their game. She has said this already as well, and we've seen it in 
X-Men books as well. I think it was the Wolverine book where we saw the hand was kind of stepping up their game as well. So they're doing that. The only way it seems that this book spells out that the fist can bring down the hand is having a king and queen. Obviously, the queen, Electra, and she wants Matt or has to be Matt as the king. He wants no parts of it. And this is where I do also like this issue where it's not just, hey, they're Matt. We got to go fight the hand. They're bad news. Oh, my goodness. Let's go. And he's like, all right. No, he says, I'm not doing anything with you. You're a murderer. Thank you for buying up Hell's Kitchen. That's great. You allowed me to do my thing here, but you're a murderer. I'm not joining with you in anything like this until you prove to me that you're better. And one of the things in this is the idea of, Electra, are you getting tired of the darkness? And Matt even says, listen, this might sound crazy. It might sound pretentious, but I live in the darkness. This is, this is me. I'm blind. I live in the darkness, so I try to be the light. And he wants Electra to realize this and go off and prove herself if she really thinks that he should join up with him, all that stuff. So she does go off. Now, she has bought Hell's Kitchen. So she's you know, going to go take a little walk through. And she sees a homeless woman there who tells her, I was from Hell's Kitchen. I ended up, my husband got in an accident on a construction site. And they had like tons of lawyers. They didn't want to give us a cent. They were saying it was his fault, all that. And there was one guy, one good guy, one good lawyer who ended up trying to help me. Didn't work out. They had too many lawyers, too many things behind them. But this guy ended up working for free. And then afterwards, just gave me $1,000 and, you know, quoted some Bible verse and went off. Obviously, it was Matt. And Electra realizes not just Matt was trying to be a hero. Oh, and she even says in this, hey, you're always trying to be the martyr. You're always trying to be the guy. No, no, no. Now she kind of sees, well, there are some people who need help, but in a selfish way as well. I think that she, okay, how am I going to prove to Matt that I am more worthy, that I have changed, that I am something better? Well, I guess Hell's Kitchen always needs a daredevil. Why not be me? Now, you also see in a a clever little deal too where somebody has spray-painted the we are all daredevil. You kind of get that idea again, like if Electra doesn't step up as this, and and you had set up, you know, Spider-Man would be there. And in the past, you've had a lot of other people be Daredevil, uh, like uh, an Iron Fist or Spider-Man or Black Panther at points. Um, But who better than Electra? I mean, it really seems like it's something that you see here and it becomes collectible. They, They end up, people are buying this issue because Electra, but it it seems so perfect. Like this should have happened a long time ago. And when you see design is awesome. Marco Cacetto's design for it is so cool. And it's not just I'm gonna be Daredevil. It's Electra saying I'm gonna be Daredevil with an Electra flare. You know, I'm gonna make this look good. And she goes off and she ends up stopping a van, then a robbery deal, and stops him and pulls back and that's what i love about this if it wasn't the idea that matt said you got to prove yourself you can't you know murder pit whatever you can imagine that she would have just went to Al's kitchen oh what he wants me to i'm gonna kill and she but she's now daredevil so she even throws her her knives end up hitting them in the back with the hilt things like that to just be better and ends up saying pretty much oh you you want to see me be better well i'll be your daredevil matthew and it's so good it looks great it's so good and gets me all fired up but yeah you even see her you know coming back from the dead or from the darkness things like that 
And then you see Matt in prison. You're like, I think Matt's going to die. I mean, everybody's gathering up to really beat the crap out of him. But you see that stick said, listen, we translated the deal. And yeah, you need a king and the queen of the fist to defeat the hand. The thing is, only one will survive. And you don't think that Electra wants to die again. And Matt looks like he's in big trouble. So we'll see how that works out. But overall, it's awesome. It's so good. The art's great. It's just the whole thing just adds on to the layers that we've had. And I mentioned last issue when me and Brandon, I believe, talked about it. I said that a lot of people, you know, were saying that there were too many you know, random story things going around and and there was too much going on. And and this book has started, especially last issue with the whole trial, it it narrowed down to just that one thing. And I didn't like it as much because I like the multiple stories going around. I like how things tie in. I like how things go on. And this just kickstarts that again. We ended up having the trial. Now we have Electra as Daredevil while Matt's in prison trying to start off. You have the hand in the back. All these things going on. And, and remember, too, the idea of, is Cole around? What's he going to think of Lady Daredevil? What What is Kingpin going to do? Because he thinks that what happened with Matt is going to send a message and all that. So I'm really, really looking forward to see what goes on from here. And I, I hope that uh, you know Lady Daredevil, I'd like to call her, but Electra Devil I hope she lasts a while because it looks incredible. And I want to see her do more and more daredevil things that she might learn that it might. I don't know that she's going to learn anything by the end. It might all be a dupe just to get Matt, but I hope that she's learning already. She ends up giving that homeless woman her necklace and says, this is worth like 5,000. You might be able to get 2,000 on the street, but do it, you know, all that. So I really did like this issue. I'm giving it a 9.5 out of 10. It is one of my favorite issues of the week. And that's that. That is the end of this bonus coverage deal. I hope that you liked it. I haven't done one of these Marvel things fully by myself in a while. And I was having a little stumbling and a fumbling and a bumbling while I did it. I was really struggling to do it. So I hope it comes out a little better than I think in my mind it did. But If it did or didn't, you could still go over to the Twitters and you can still follow us at WS Marvel Comics. You can still go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com and look at the news, previews and reviews there. And I don't know if you'd want to support us if it didn't come out, but if it did come out well, and I hope I have my fingers crossed, you can go and support us for all the things we do on this feed. If you also listen to DC Comics feed, all that, but get a ton of other shows, including this past week having King in Black number one and Fantastic Four Road Trip number one as our spotlight books picked by the badasses to get fresh crew. And then this coming week, and I started this a while back today, and I will tell you now, King in Black Namor number one still leading, but Amazing Spider-Man number 54 has taken the lead for second place. So it looks like at this moment, if we had it, it would be King in Black Namor number one, Amazing Spider-Man number 54 for the patreon only spotlight you can go and sign up and listen to that for as little as one dollar a month so thank you for listening thanks for giving me you know, a little leadway in my troubles there so thanks and i'll talk to you later <laughs>